0: Hello my friends Mito Wendy Lucas Ki Istu Ki Istu Katla Wasapatu iwi, Was Santa Barbara Thank you for this opportunity to be with you all this morning. If you would have told me even ten years ago that I would be standing here before you speaking my ancestral language, Tolhini, I don't think I would have believed you. My hope is to be able to share my story in a way that helps you value yours. If you are a young person, ask the elders in your family to share their stories. And if you're on the older side, then please see the value in your life, your own history to share with others. I'm very grateful to have been asked to share mine. What I said in Telhini a few minutes ago is our traditional greeting. What we say is not only our name, but we identify where we come from, and that we come in a good way. So what I said was my name, and that I come from Sapatu, the place of the whales, known today as Avala Beach. And that I'm come from good people, I'm not standing alone. Wamitana Yakitana Zmu katichu and I speak the language of the people of San Luis Obispo. The bones of my story is that I was born in Santa Barbara following two older brothers. We moved under somewhat mysterious circumstances to Gardena when I was a year old. My two younger sisters were born and after which we moved inland to La Mirada. And then my father moved on. Without outside financial support, my mom raised the five of us on her nurse's salary, very often working double shifts at our local community hospital. Starting at age 10, I became the family's chief cook and bottle washer, as I was dubbed by our, my aunt. I found out several decades later why we were forbidden to answer the phone. You see, my mom would choose one bill a month to pay, and she did not want us to have any words with a bill collector. And amazingly, nobody ever turned off the lights or the gas or kicked us out of our home. And I'm so very grateful for that because I'm, the outcome for all of us would have been so very different. Fast forward to three of us older siblings having multiple jobs throughout high school, an alcoholic stepfather, my oldest brother off to Vietnam with the Marines, followed by my other brother going to Guam with the Navy. With all the ongoing chaos in the daily household, I also carried a goal, brought on by my maternal grandfather, who lived across the country, that I had to go to college. Where would you all be today if your mother didn't have her RN degree to fall back on? It's always echoing in my ear. So I decided at age 11 that I wanted to help little kids walk. And through my volunteering as a candy striper at the same hospital where my mom worked, I learned that physical therapists were the ones who did that. However, there were many discouraging points along the way. One was for some reason, when I was in sixth grade, uh, my teacher announced that um, she had just read something, that if you came from a broken home, which was what they called that in those days, um, that chances were you were also going to have a broken home when you grew up. And I remember thinking... You know, she's, I've, I'm doomed. I'm not even out of grade school and I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to have an intact marriage. I did, I'm sure I didn't term it like that when I was in sixth grade, but um I remember thinking that very clearly. And then over was my high school counselor who said, among other things, that physical therapy was not a career for a female. And also, Was the very fact that schoolwork was not a huge priority for me. Working outside the home and at home were. So my first D grade in chemistry out of junior college took me to the place of giving up my long held dream. And I said, well, that's it. I can't go any further in science if I get a D. To which I want, (coughs) excuse me, I want to emphasize right now what a gift a mentor is. My boyfriend at the time told me, if you really wanted an A, you could get an A. And I'm like, nah, it's really okay. Sometimes, you know, you're born with a mediocre brain, and that's okay. I just have to accept that. And But he didn't. He said, if you really want this, you can do it. So I went back, retook the course, aced it, got an A in all the rest of my science courses from then on. It makes all the difference in the world to have somebody believe in you. So lots of jobs, two junior colleges, Cal State Long Beach, and seven years after high school, I had my bachelor's degree in physical therapy and PT license. It was never my intention to move to Santa Barbara after graduating, but through a funny circumstance, I ended up accepting a job offer there, to which my mom said, well, you ought to like that hospital. That's where you were born. And then 10 years later, I was offered a partnership to develop a PT business up here in SLO. There are many stories, but for time's sake, just to say, I met my beloved husband, Bob, while we were both singing with the Vocal Arts Ensemble, and had our two beautiful daughters, Rachel and Rebecca. And I also fell in love with the magic of this place, these mountains, and especially spent a lot of time at Avila Beach, I kept being drawn back there again and again with my girls, but especially on my own when I needed help to lift my spirits. When our daughters were three and five years of age, I received a phone call that would change my life in very unexpected ways. And it started out, and it went just this fast. Hello, my name is John Johnson. I'm the curator of the Santa Barbara Museum of Natural History, I just did DNA testing on your father's hair. Do you know your northern Shumash? <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, slow down a minute. I was first thrown off because John Johnson was the name of my boyfriend in high school. <laughs> and so, but I said, how did you find my father, and how did you find me? It turns out at that time, Vandenberg Air Force Base had sent out a call to identify as many northern Shumash descendants as possible to give them access to the base for the sacred sites and the medicinal plants there. John took that task on and tracked down my father. And he continued on, Do you know you come from a large extended family? Do you want to meet them? And I was blown away to say the least. All my father's siblings had passed, as well as his mother, um, when, when my father was very young. And his father had also died before I was born. So, family? Yes. And there was to be a a gathering at Cal Poly that night. So I met John in the parking lot at Cal Poly and walked in with him and came face-to-face with second and third cousins. And I continued to be blown away. Soon after that night, I went down to Santa Barbara and spent about three hours with him going over the information that he had. And learned that the place that I had grown to love for so long, the place where I would walk the beach when I needed a good cry or to clear my head, was my ancestral village, out Avila Beach. Time continued on, and I was very busy with two little ones and a husband on the road a lot with this work. At one point, someone suggested I should go meet an elder, and what was I going to say? You know, hi, I just found out I'm northern Chumash. Don't you want to meet me? (laughs) It's like, no. I had been doing for years Lakota ceremony, participating in their ceremonies. And I knew from protocol that you just didn't do stuff like that. And I would also go down to the powwow that the San tribe hosts. And once in a while I would say, sort of under my breath, I'm northern Chumash. And I would kind of get a shrug and so I quit saying that as well. You know, I had old abandonment issues back then. But I would hear quiet things, sometimes guidance in writing a poem and other writings. And sometimes very extraordinary things happened. We took our girls to live in Italy for the school year in 2002. Shortly after we moved there, my father died and I left on my own to be with the news. I was sitting by myself in a small side chapel in a very old cathedral, still in shock and thinking, so this is it? He's never going to say sorry? And crying quite a bit. When I felt him, as solid as I could give you a hug, I felt him sitting next to me, I know this sounds a little woo-woo, but his presence was real. And then he said to me, I could not be there for you in this life, but I'm here for you now. And something additionally amazing happened. All the negative stuff that I'd held for about 50 years regarding my father and all the difficulties in my childhood were gone. Really, in, in that instant, all the anger and resentment that I had worked on my whole adult life with varying degrees of success, gone. It all shifted to just being part of my history, my story. We returned from our living in Italy to a very busy family life back here in Slo, And I returned to participating in Lakota Ceremony as it was a known place where I felt accepted. And I would continue to go to Avila and to continue to feel supported there. About nine years ago, I went to the San Yuenes Pow with a former patient that had become a dear friend. We wandered around the different booths, and I was particularly taken with a jewelry maker who was in the process of making an incredibly beautiful necklace. But her pieces were also incredibly expensive. My friend needed to leave early, so I continued to experience the powwow on my own and later returned to this booth. Do you have a business card, I asked her. I was thinking perhaps at some point my husband could combine Christmas, my birthday, Mother's Day gifts. And so she handed me one, and it said, Leah Mata. Now, there was, that, there was one name that had stuck with me the many years ago when I'd met with John. And so I asked her, are you related to Susanna Mata? And she said, yes, that's she's my cousin. And then there was an even longer silence as she looked at me deeply, and she said, hey, do you live in San Luis Obispo? And I said, yes. And she said, do you work in the medical field? And I said, "I, I used to. And she said, we've been looking for you. And sometimes, those words even now bring me to tears. Since that time of reconnection, I have become very involved with my tribe, yachtichu tichu Yaktilhini, Northern Chumash Tribe of San Luis Obispo County and Region, and I now serve on the nonprofit board. I attended the Breath of Life Conference at UC Berkeley in 2018, where for one week, Tribes from all over California work on their ancestral language, utilizing the archival information that is there, as well as working with a linguist that is familiar with your language. In the application process, one is asked to identify a project that you want to work on and that you will present at the end of the week. And so on mine, I said, I wanted to learn a prayer. But then many months later, And on the way to Berkeley, I'd forgotten what I had written. And so when I was asked, I said, oh, I could write a children's song because that's a great way to learn language. And it was not until the conference started and they started explaining about what your project should be and all that stuff that I thought, wait a minute. And I looked down at the dictation on my phone. I'm wondering if I left a part out on this. I'm sorry. I didn't. I just skipped a part. I'm sorry. A couple days before the conference started at Berkeley, I was standing at the beach at Avila, and I, I heard certain words, and I dictated them to my phone. and And it was not until the conference started, that I looked at my phone again and realized that what I had dictated was a prayer. And so then that became my project for the week. It was what I had initially asked for. And it is what I will be offering at the benediction in Tilhini and in in English as well. Since then, I've had many other experiences of what I call ancestral whispering in my ear. The poem that Becca read just had come during a meditation I was doing where I was actually seeing what she read, what I was guided to write. Now I need to also say here that I'm not that special in this regard. I truly believe we all have the capability to tap into our ancestral knowledge and wisdom. All of us carry the cells of all who came before us, which includes their courage, strength and resilience otherwise none of us would be here 20 years ago at this time I was grieving the loss of my dear uncle Bill my mother's brother who was instrumental in exposing me to possibilities of a life outside of our family trauma he helped pay half my way to Europe when I was 20 as he was going over there to work with the Goodyear blimp crew and my whole world opened up So 20 years ago, I was walking in the mountains saying goodbye to Uncle Bill and thinking about his profound impact on my life, and I heard the words, pay attention. And I've done my best to pay attention. In closing, I ask that you look at a tree differently today, not only to see these beautiful beings that do so much for us, but also to picture the amazing root system and interconnection with the other trees that we cannot see. So also do we have these roots that connect us all who came before us. And remember that they are a source of strength and guidance whenever you need it. We speak of grounding ourselves, and it's such a beautiful vision of actually picturing these roots that go so very deep for all of us and the interconnectedness that we all share. I am connected to this land my actual DNA is in the soil where we live, along with my tribal members, and it is our inherent responsibility to care for this sacred land and do what we can for protecting all who live here. And so I say Al thank you and for listening with ears beyond normal hearing and seeing with eyes beyond normal vision. And because we do not have a word for goodbye in our language, what we say is sumokini, which means always.